Hey guys, welcome to the We Need to Calm Down podcast. I'm Devin. And I'm Joe. <laughs> and this is the show where we talk about all things Taylor Swift. That's right. This is a show where two friends finally get to let their dedication to our Lord and Savior, Taylor Swift, fly. We'll be discussing everything from song breakdowns, Taylor news, and our insane fan theories. So, uh, <laughs> what's been going on with you? I have been playing Guitar Hero like crazy. What? So, my roommate bought, um, I came home and she just goes, hey, do we have any AA batteries? And I'm like, for what? And she just pulls out a guitar and I'm like, not like an actual guitar, like a Guitar yeah, yeah, Hero yeah. guitar. And I'm like, oh my God. And she's like, yep, I just bought like the third game, like the best one. Mm-hmm. And then she bought like five other games. I'm like, I didn't even know they had five other games, but they do. So we've just been playing it. Like we used, to, we were watching Degrassi and then all we've been <laughs> doing is playing Guitar Hero now. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I haven't played Guitar Hero in so long. I think the last one I played was five. Okay. It's so much fun. It oh my gosh, I miss it so much. I that was like a fad that I embraced so hard growing up mm-hmm. to the point where like I, I think I was actually I started up with Guitar Hero but I ended up being more rock band. But I would just have parties where we would come over and we would have like everyone playing and like doing all this stuff like in high school. Oh my gosh. It's like a concert. It's so fun. It's just, and then like you get like someone who's like you have like five people, so like two people have to sing together. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so cool. But yeah, that's all I've been doing. Oh, I'm visiting. It's oh, just, I'm visiting. It's just the two of us. Let us know. I'm, I'm definitely coming over. I need to. I need to get some guitar here out because it's the reason I started playing guitar in the first place. Is it really? Yeah, I, <laughs> I'll never forget when I bought my guitar. It was I was playing Guitar Hero three, and uh, one of my favorite songs on Guitar Hero three was. Uh, uh, what is the poison song? Talk dirty to me. Mm-hmm. And I knew the power chords that were in the song, and I was like, I wonder if I play those in the same way as Guitar Hero, will it actually work? It doesn't. No. <laughs> Not even a little bit. No. But if I had like played guitar for as long as I have now, I would understand why it doesn't work and what I need to do instead. Mm-hmm. It makes it similar, but it's so cool. Oh my gosh. I, I'm much better at Guitar Hero than I am at guitar. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but yeah. I love that. Um, so what are we talking about on this typical Tuesday night? So we Thursday are- night. It's a th- So what are we talking about on this typical Thursday night? Well, we will be breaking down uh, Exile, which is the fourth track off of Folklore. Okay, so let's go. You want to do some, uh, some uh, quick, quick facts? Sure thing. It is the third longest song on the album at 4 minutes and 46 seconds. It is the only song on the album with a feature. So it's uh, Bon Iver's mm. on the song. No other track has any features in it. This song was included as the last song in the Escapism chapter, as well as the first song in the Sleepless Nights chapter, which we talked about on Tuesday. Um, okay, yeah. This this song has been... How is this song being for you? What are your initial thoughts on this one? I really liked it at first, and then as I grew to love the other songs more, it's kind of ebbed and flowed. Like, some days it really hits, and some days it's like, meh. I feel like that's been the exact same for me. Like I, I'll never forget our first reaction to it, mm-hmm. where we like literally lost our minds well, Justin when Justin Vernon's came voice, in. yeah. It's just insane. Um, I loved that, and 
and I listened to it a lot, but it, it then it like it fell down in our rankings very quickly for me. Like it was just so easy to pick other songs over it. Mm-hmm. But since I've like I've done research on it and stuff like this, it's just it just grow a lot more. But I don't know how. Like yeah. I don't know where I'd put it, but I just feel like I have a newfound respect for it mm-hmm. after do it like staring at it for so long. I feel like that always happens with us. We have a song breakdown episode and we're like, you know what? I just really appreciate this song a lot more. The stock in a song always goes mm-hmm. up after a song breakdown, 100%. Yeah. All right, so let's go into some context around this song. So Exile describes two young, two ex-lovers uh, f- seeing each other following a breakup, uh, which I admittedly am very stupid and did not realize that was the case. <laughs> I never realized that it, it was such a, a ser- like a... What's the word I'm looking for? It was just such a straightforward story mm. of like them seeing each other. I always thought it was like kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Incorporeal? That's not the right word. No, nah, I don't even know that word. <laughs> I always thought it was like abstract. There we go. That's mm-hmm. the word. I always thought it was like an abstract. They're both thinking, but I didn't realize it was literally them in the same room meeting for the first time or first time after they broke up. Um, but Swift. Uh, so uh, Justin Vernon Bon Iver, which pisses me off. Why is his name not Bon Iver? Ev- all the research I did for this song, they kept saying Justin Vernon, and I'm like, I don't know who this is because oh Bon Iver is on this call is on the song. So why aren't they just saying that? Is Bon Iver a band? No. It's just a person. So he just picked a new name and then somehow still goes by both. Yeah. That is infuriating. It's his artist name. Well, I don't like it. Just go by it's like one how, or the other. Um, it's not even it's not well, even Justin Vernon is a bad stage name. Well, it's like Tame Impala. I don't know who that is. Tame Impala is just one guy, but everyone thinks it's a band. Kind of like Nine Inch Nails too. I guess. I didn't know yeah. about that about Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, it's just Trent Reznor. Just Trent Reznor. Um But yeah, so Justin Ber- uh Justin Vernon in the song describes his feelings of confusion. Uh about how quickly a lover that he had could have moved on. Uh, and then Swift offers the uh, the other side of the story where she's just uh, talking about how, how many repeated warning signs she gave that the relationship was just not working. Uh, and he just never saw them. It's also worth noting that <laughs> this was really cool when I was doing research. One of the things that, that they, someone pointed out, like Vernon's really rough kind of like, like deeper voice really contrasts against Swift's much smoother one which like kind of gives you another like facet to their relationship mm-hmm. of like how like their temperaments might be in it and how they've meshed through the relationship they were in. Uh, in Taylor's introduction to folklore, she tells them, uh, she tells us about like images in her head that became these characters that she wrote about. And one of the first characters she listed was an exiled man walking the bluffs of a land that isn't his own and wondering how it all went so terribly, terribly wrong. Which, that's a poem. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would read that poem, 100%. Um, this one is a question for you, more or less, but uh, I cannot be the only one who sings both parts of this song Not or tries all. as hard as he can to switch back and forth even though they're singing over top of each other. Mm-hmm. It always comes out so awfully. But I can't not. Like, you, you need to sing both. I never get your gifts so <laughs> Like, you just switch back and forth every mm-hmm. time. It's, I, thank God I haven't listened to the song in front of anyone yet. 
You didn't even hear me, you didn't even hear Cause you never given what I gave so many all this time It's just you, it's, it's just you're never getting the full song mm-hmm. either way no matter what But you can't sing it another way, it's just, it's illegal yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they passed that law Yeah Um the the one thing that I, that hit me and I, I I'm very interested to see I wrote like a little bit of a dissertation here uh, about something but I'm interested to see if you had like a similar view or if your thought process was similar I'm sure it might just be that I'm very weird but I wanted to get this out um, so this song was one of the first that really hit on the movie slash film motif that we talked about in a in an upcoming episode. Uh, we are introduced to it first in the one with uh, I Hit the Sunday Matinee, but this motif is being in the chorus is what really makes it stand out. And we've established that in, in our other episodes that Taylor's writing really does transport us, be it through Cardigan when we talked about the music video, uh, through Epiphany where we, we feel like we're watching a movie when we're listening to it. Like we said, Epiphany, it's impossible to listen to without envisioning Warzone battles, stuff like that. It's so cinematic and imagination provoking. And I didn't realize it until I really started thinking and like this episode came on my radar and I was like, oh, we have to talk about Exile. Um, But I realized that this song actually does the exact same thing for me, Uh, which is even funnier considering I didn't realize (laughs) that the whole point of the song is that they're they're meeting each other. But uh, every time uh, this whole song, when I listen to it, it takes place in a movie theater. I can't explain why, and I don't mean like an AMC, I mean like like kind of like a, a really old fashioned style movie theater. For some reason, I can't get away from it, but I always think of the the movie theater at the end of Inglorious Bastards, but like some kind of like old fashioned style movie theater. I always, it just like, I paint this picture of like this dark room. Um, it, it feels like the song does revolve around a theater for me. Uh, I'm fi- I find it really hard to put into words, but like I just get such a picture, a vivid picture of it. Um, a darkened room, a blinding projector, a muffled conversation between two people that are trying to argue, but they can't really do it because there's no talking in a movie theater. Um, and that makes them unable to properly communicate, which like leads to never gave a, uh, never gave a sign. I gave so many signs. Um, I love the references to seeing that are laced throughout it. Like there's a lot of lines where, he says, I see you standing there, or she says, like, Saul and stuff like that, where it just makes me feel like they're watching movies of their relationship together, and, like, she's trying to point out, like, see, this is why it didn't work, and he just doesn't understand that it doesn't work. Um, it, it, but they're watching these these movies, quote-unquote, from their own perspectives, but still not able to convey or understand what exactly went wrong. Uh, and then the side door line is what really seals it for me, uh, because I never leave a movie theater through the main entrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always like a side door on either side that I always, I always leave out of. Uh, and I, and that's to me, it's the same thing of like, she, she's been watching this movie. She's seen it too many times. She knows that it's not going to go anywhere. So she sneaks out of the theater and leaves out of the side door. The movie's over. And I don't know why I keep, I mean, obviously I get it because she keeps talking about movies and everything. Are you okay? It's a super cut. I don't like this. That's Continue. so good. No, that's so good. Oh my gosh, I'm basically done with that. But that was yeah. Well, do you do you envision a movie theater when you see this one? So it's funny you say that because when we go into the music behind the lyrics, the imagery that this song 
instrumentally paints is insane. And I don't want to like spoil it. Okay. Okay. But yes, I, I I get that they're in a movie theater, and I will tell you why later. I mean, obviously, like it's easy to say like I've seen this film before and I didn't like the ending. Like, and that's in the course, so you hear it all the time. So it's very easy to like go, oh well, that's the reason that I think of it. But again, like that's that's just one line. Like I, when I hear seven, yeah. I don't immediately think of Sweet Tea in the Summer every time the chorus comes on. Like. Why is this movie like it's, the movie theater is such a specific setting, and seeing and, and, and now that I know that it's like a, seeing your uh, your friendship like the movie theater is even more vivid now because I just imagine like the them being on the red carpet out like outside of the theater before they're actually going in to watch the movie and that's when Boney Vare sees Taylor arm around her new lover and it, it, he's just going he. It, I could go even farther, but he's just, he's going into this movie theater, something he's done with her many, many times, something that he enjoys both by himself and with her. And then he sees her with another guy, which lends to, sorry, I'm just going off right now, but lends to the whole understudy thing of he's taking, she's taking this guy who's not even like, not as good as him, is the understudy to him to the place that they used to go all the time together. And that's why he's like ready to fight. He's like, you're, this guy is replacing me. He doesn't deserve blah, blah, blah. Ugh, ugh. I need to listen to this song again. So I am going to explain all of that later because yes. there yeah. it makes complete sense and I'll tell you exactly why. Jesus, I wrote so much for this one. Like I think you I just think... said it all. Actually, no, you didn't. No, I didn't. That's the sad part. <laughs> okay, well, so instead of speaking in essays, try to speak in concise... I'm gonna okay. Let me let me see if I can if I can get this out right. Okay. So the one thing I never noticed with the lyrics is I never like I said I never noticed the story takes place with Bon Iver seeing Taylor with her new bae, uh, but it it definitely made more of the lyrics click for me. Uh, like with with your arm around his body, who am I defending? Directly relating to Taylor's line of like you get your knuckles bloody for me. He's ready to fight this new guy, but why? Like who is he fighting for aside from himself? But why? Uh, and this continues with Taylor saying, he, like, he's just your understudy. The change in the relationship is so sudden that Boney Bear can't imagine that this guy is anything more than a backup to him, a runner-up that got a big role because the lead got sick. Uh, sick being didn't see signs or something. Uh, she sees the anger that, she, that uh, she's with this new guy and fears he's just going to start fighting, uh, and he won't respect this new relationship because in his mind he's the right guy. Um, another line that, that like... <laughs> Another line that was so interesting to me is it took you five whole minutes. I love this line just because it shows like the disparity between the two, because to him, this whole breakup is so short. It was so out of the blue. Uh, she made a quick rash decision. There's no way it's legitimate. She will be back. Uh, this fight can't be that bad. No one just up and leaves that quick after one small fight. But those five minutes were years for Taylor that have been building up that he has just ignored and hasn't seen. Yeah. And a quick side note is, this is so common with like mm-hmm. females in relationships. Like personally, I know when I've wanted to break up with people, I am in that mindset for months. I'm like debating it. I'm like, but I can make it work. I can I can try to fix it. And meanwhile, with guys, I feel like it's kind of like a spur of the moment. Like, okay, like I feel this way. We're done. Meanwhile, girls like just take such a long time. So that way when they do break up, it's like, no, I've I've been checked out of this relationship for a while now. Today I learned I'm a girl. Um <laughs> No, but I think it's I think it's also interesting because that that mixes with Betty 
the song so well because James is the same way. James is the exact same way as Boney Bear here where he's like, no, like, it, no, it doesn't matter. She's the one. This is just a small blip. We'll fix this. Um, I, I love that. Uh, it, it's just so it's so nice how like all of these songs do kind of mesh well together. That is a really good point though. That it is that is such a female thing. Like, ugh. One and one of the things I'll mention is one of my favorite things that I, I forget who said it or who I heard it from about breakups in general is it's it's so much better to be the person that breaks up with someone than it is to be the person who got broken up with. Because what do you disagree with that? Would you rather be broken up with or would you rather do the breaking up? So as someone who broke up with my ex and wished that he would just break up with me because I didn't want to have to like break his heart. So I'm also an exception because I'm a very empathetic person and I don't care about myself enough. I was, yes. was going to say just exactly what we were talking about last night kind of came into my mind. and I was like, all right, maybe Devin's a different one. Um, but no, this guy, I, this guy was talking about this and he said that for the person who's breaking up with them, you, you've been thinking about it for a while in your head, you're broken up because mm -hmm. you're broken up without just having ripped the bandaid off, yeah. but you've had the months that it mm -hmm. takes to, to come to terms with the fact that you're breaking up. And then when you do it, it's a relief. You've ripped the bandaid off. You don't have to worry about that anymore. It's not a problem that you're really focused on. Meanwhile, the person you just broke up with now has to go through those months yeah. that you already went through. I agree with and that. That was that was such a nuts thing for me because I I never realized that because at the yeah like when you're ready to break up with someone in this specific instance, maybe Bonivere should have been prepared for it. He should have seen the signs. He should have known that it wasn't working and that it was coming. But at the end of the day, the signs the signs are very rarely going to be. We are breaking up in two months. No, I know. Regardless and like, of what you're doing. And I've been in the same situation. Like, I've literally, I've been in both. I've been broken up with out of what was seemingly the blue for me. And I'm like, what the hell happened? Like, I've, I've been in both places. And I, I don't know. Breakups are just hard, man. That's why you should just never date anyone ever again. Breakups are really fun. Someone break up with me. No. Um... I'm gonna. I really need to stop saying that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we see another one of uh, Joe's favorite things in songwriting in this song uh, that actually, again, didn't notice. I'm daft. I'm so bad. Uh, but one of my favorite parts in songwriting, the old switch up the lyrics in the chorus. I really love fresh, different uh, choruses every time we hear them. Uh, so we see you're not my homeland anymore becomes I'm not your problem anymore. Harsh. Uh, we see, so who am I defending becomes who am I offending, which I never realized. I thought they both said, who am I defending? Oh, no. Yeah. I'm really stupid guys. <laughs> like I'm, and I've read these lyrics before, uh, but I, it's amazing. I love the dichotomy there. Like mm -hmm. he is somehow still hung up on defending her, even though sh she's not his anymore. Mm -hmm. She's still a part of him and he doesn't understand why, while he honestly honestly doesn't even exist anymore to her like who am i offending just because you're over over someone doesn't mean you can't upset or offend them by being with someone else like they still can be offended by it but it's not like it, they still exist they still have those feelings but taylor is saying like who am i offended like who are you like we're done like you don't exist to me anymore you might have feelings but those feelings are not my responsibility anymore mm -hmm. so there is no one to really be offended 
by her and even if he is offended he doesn't exist to her anymore it's so it's so ridiculous like who am i offending like again like who are you um you were my town because you were my crown i can't really think about anything like this i other than the connection to false god yes but it looks like you came up with something my thought was like you know crown symbolizes like royalty like you were royalty to me i had like adorned you and adored you and worshipped you but now I'm, you know, now I'm in exile seeing you out. I can see that. I like that. Uh, that, I think of all of them. I mean, yeah. That makes yeah. So it's like, you know, sense. you were my town. It's like, you know, you were my like safety. You were my home. And then you were my crown. It's like, you know, you were this figure to me. You, it's kind of similar. Uh, like kind of like the, um, I hate to like patriarchy here, but he's the king of that, of her, the dominion. He's and. King what? of my heart. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> but he's, yeah, you were my town. I ruled over you. You like, were king of I, my heart. You, you were, were my the crown. King of my heart. Ugh. Well, we got to add that to the inner discography. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love when we have random breakthroughs in the middle of talking about these. Um, wow, that's crazy. So those eyes add insult to injury. Uh, this this could mean so many things that I love it. Like mm-hmm. this is sung by Taylor, so it implies that Bon is giving her eyes or Boney. But how bone. I hate this Bone, Bone. I guess that Bone is giving her eyes. Uh, I imagine Justin is giving her eyes. I imagine either eyes of like disbelief, brokenheartedness, which Taylor is taking as an insult. Like she's looking at him, like he's like he's upset that she's with another guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how dare, like, she's looking at him like, how dare you pretend like you're brokenhearted? You had every chance to keep me. I gave you so many chances and you didn't give a crap. Miss me with them puppy dog eyes, Justin. <laughs> to which I go, you good, bud? Look, look, I have some things that I'm working <laughs> through. Um, Wait, but I, I love that. Like, like the, the idea of like, like, how dare you? You don't get to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's so powerful. Yeah, completely makes sense. And then I just added the last lyric, you know, him going, so step right out is him kind of like picking the argument with her. Like, okay, like step out of this theater. Like, I can't do anything else. You've made up your mind already. There's no amount of crying I can do. After you. Let's mm-hmm. go. I, I love that I specifically omitted this lyric because I knew that you would, <laughs> you would add it in afterwards. So step right out. Because I knew we'd get one of those. Yep. <laughs> it wouldn't be an exile song breakdown if I didn't do that. All right. So music behind the lyrics. Te- Devin, teach me about music. Okay. Blow my mind. So music. Uh, you know that thing that you hear? I, I swear, <laughs> Devin, I hate it so much. Stop. Okay. So the song is in F sharp major. Um, it is 76 BPM, which is the lowest on the album. So I figured out the math. The average is 116, so it's about 40 off, or exactly 40 off from the average. So it's a very slow, kind of somber song. The instruments in the song, we have viola, violin, percussion, which is probably a drum machine, which I'll get into. Uh, You have this crazy synth, electric guitar, and piano. So you start off with just this beautiful piano intro, Justin Vernon's deep voice that both of us were like, whoa, buddy. It's just... It's just so piercing. His voice just pierces through. And then 
I pointed this out to you. He goes laughing like, the, but the joke's not funny at all. And you hear these little birds chirping in the background. And you're like, that's interesting. And I'll explain all of this afterwards, but I'm just setting okay. the scene right now. Uh, there's like this slightest bit of violin building in the background. Um, kind of like maybe like emotion swelling or something like that. Like a buildup's going to happen and then it kind of goes away. Um when Taylor goes second, third, and hundred chances, it kind of sounds like a train or like some kind of ringing sound. And then she goes, those eyes add insult to injury. And you hear like a siren. Mm-hmm. And I pointed that one out. I'm so proud of me. So I'm wondering, <laughs> yeah, I listened to it and I'm like, there is a siren. Uh, so I wonder if that means like the guys actually got into a fight or if it's just like eluding the fight that was about to occur between him and Taylor. And then... You get into the bridge where he goes, so step right out, which Justin Vernon actually added himself. It wasn't in really? Taylor's version. Yeah. So he adds that part. And you have, you know, so I'm leaving out the side door and it's just this like boom of synth that comes in and it's just like wobbling sound. It's just so just deep. It's great. So the drum machine that comes in at the beginning of the bridge, it's you never gave a fuck it's a film reel it sounds like a film reel so that's why you get that imagery because it's just like oh my god and it sounds like a like an old-timey film reel that's insane so then um yeah, so then we get to the part where, you know, Taylor describes the ending as the two of them seeing each other and kind of, like, trying to communicate, but they just keep talking over each, each other and have just all this mis- miscommunication, which is brilliantly demonstrated with them singing over each other. Like, you can't finish mm-hmm. a thought. They keep interrupting. It's, like, showing that their communication style has just never worked between them. Um, and then at the end... Um, they go, or Justin goes, you never gave a warning sign, and they both kind of sing the little run. And afterwards, there's this 15 minutes of like... 15 minutes? A 15 minutes. 15 seconds. <laughs> 15 seconds after they stop singing where those sounds are just kind of like idling there in the air. Like it's just kind of like this dense sound. And it's just being stretched out. Like it could symbolize how the relationship was stretched out and lasted too long. It could symbolize Justin not wanting to let her go and it's just kind of like lingering there but so Mm. the imagery of the song is fantastic so the way that I see it is the song starts and they're waiting outside of the movie theater getting their tickets or whatever an old-timey theater um Bon Iver sees Taylor with this new guy there's like birds chirping in the background symbolizing that they're outside and then later we get to her perspective of the situation so they're still outside but you hear these sirens like I said, alluding to the fight that there might, or fact that there might be a fight, someone might get hurt, and then the chorus into the bridge is like them arguing in the theater, and the end is just like him watching her leave at the side door and like not being able to do anything about it. I love that. I love that. Like, that's not something I would ever expect to come from the music and the mm-hmm. production to give this story, because you know, like, like yeah, can you imagine Taylor in the in the recording booth going, all right, where are the birds? We need some birds tripping. Do you have the siren record I've been asking you about? Like, that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. And it, it gives me it gives me a good feeling because it means that I, I from the get-go, without even, subconsciously, just, just 
went to movie theater. Yep. And I, and that's how that's how your mind takes you. Like all these little subconscious things in the music kind of narrate how you picture a song. It's like the imagery that your instruments play is just such a fantastic like I, I never heard the electric guitar in the song, but I hear that piano, I hear those synths, and you hear like the violins are just so subtle at the beginning, but it just kind of symbolizes this tension. And at the end, all that tension is still there until it's just like let go. It's crazy. I love, um, I love when songs do give me that. Like they give me like a. I, there, there are certain songs that I have in my life where they remind me of a thing that happened or a place or an area that I was, but songs that give me a brand new area that I associate with is insane mm-hmm. without like any like background to it. It, I want to, I want to, I want to appreciate this song more because of just everything that it's done. And do it. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> all right. Gosh. Then appreciate it. What uh, what do we want to say in closing? I love the song. I love Justin Vernon. Uh, I wasn't really a big Bon Iver fan to begin with, but then I like worked on their show at one of the venues I worked at, and I was like, oh, they actually sound really good. I never really like looked into them, but I love his voice. I love the fact that Taylor like geeked out over him, and he's she's like. They're like, oh, you know, who do you want to collab with? And she's like, well, I would love to get, like, Justin Vernon. Like, I love his voice. I love Bon Iver. And Aaron Desner was like, hmm, well, I know him, but I don't want to get her hopes up. So, like, let's let's see. And then Justin Vernon was like, yeah, of course. So it's like he describes himself as, like, a super fan, like, seeing both of these talents interact. And I think that as fans right now, we're kind of getting the same reaction from it. But I like it. How, how do you generally feel about her collabs? historically depends on the type of collabs but i like them i think that she really shines solo like i don't think that she needs anyone but sometimes the collabs do elevate it a little bit but i do i i love taylor just with herself i think i think like i generally yeah i'm the exact same way where i default to i like just taylor Mm -hmm. i think the collabs are nice because they do let her do things she couldn't do by herself she can never do endgame by herself she can never do this by herself Mm -hmm. um but i definitely think this is the better version of the last time yeah that's what a lot of people are comparing to yeah like it's so interesting because like it does feel like this album is a mild level up from red Mm -hmm. directly from some songs and, and and a huge like regression from track five but (laughs) uh but no i this song is really great and i think it's it's interesting to see like again like i said she can't do this but by herself so it's i'm happy to have that this song exists and that it needed to have uh bony bear's input to exist Mm -hmm. yeah but outside of that please subscribe to us on any platform that you are listening on we're on all of them uh, tell a friend about us, rate us five stars, leave a review, tell us what you think. Uh, if you have any ideas for upcoming episodes, uh, we have a lot of folklore stuff, but we'll throw it in the hopper and hope that we can get to it eventually. Yeah, and uh, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at We Need to Calm Down Podcast. On Twitter, it's WNTCD Podcast. We're also on YouTube, so you can see our lovely faces. You can see the fact that I'm literally just cocooned in a blanket right now. <laughs> 
and Joe looks put together, so I feel like an idiot, but it's fine. No, I don't. I've been sleep. I was just asleep for three hours. All right, but follow us on YouTube, subscribe, leave a comment. Uh, we are so close to 30 subscribers, which means that I'll be posting us reacting to my embarrassing seventh grade footage Ooh, relating to I'm Taylor excited. Swift. Yes. I'm excited. That was a fun one. Uh, so other than that, come back. We'll be here. <laughs>